Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back. Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. At the time of this recording, we are fully in the season of spring or the powdering of yellow that is happening outside. And with spring, sometimes we have this renewed sense of fresh starts and beginnings. And it seems fitting to remind you that if you are stuck in an area, frustrated, or need help setting some goals with a plan to achieve those goals, Janae's Life and Leadership Coaching is a great place to start. Thank you, Amy. Um, But I just have a question. Do people spring clean anymore? Um, I think my house probably wishes that I spring cleaned. I'm more of a disaster recovery methodology, uh, less intentional on the front end, unfortunately. (laughs) I love that. Well, on the spring cleaning note, I would just like to let everybody know that whether you're ready to take that step with coaching or not, you can subscribe to my Thrive newsletter and receive helpful life hacks in your inbox every week. It also has the links to the podcast and the blog. I recently did a whole series on spring cleaning and decluttering, but not the house kind of cleaning. I talked about decluttering your email inbox, your calendar, and even how to declutter your busy racing mind. But you can sign up for the Thrive newsletter on my website, janaeshatleycamp.com. You can also sign up through our God's Word Gives Hope website. But Amy, let's get started on this week's verse. Now, the interesting thing about podcast is people can listen at any time. So I just want to let our listeners know that while we're recording this, this is Monday, the first day of Holy Week, which actually Palm Sunday would be the first day of Holy Week. It's the first weekday. <laughs> yeah, okay, yes, thank you. So for those of you who don't know, Holy Week runs Palm Sunday through Easter. And in honor of Holy Week, we will offer something special to help you anticipate more the celebration of the Easter Sunday. That's right. We're going to spend a few minutes each morning with you talking through a few verses at a time on chapter 53 of Isaiah. Today, we're going to focus on just verse 3 and talk about a few things that the blog did not cover. So I'm going to read our passage. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. And that's from the NLT version. I think it's interesting how on the blog you zeroed in on this idea of Jesus feeling alone. I think sometimes our view of Christ can be very different from how the scriptures reveal that he was received by the people here on earth. Jesus was a man acquainted with deepest grief. And even though he was generally surrounded by his disciples, He still experienced life in a way they never could. Think about this for a moment. He created this world and then had to walk around in its brokenness, knowing just how wrong it was. He knew how he had created us for connection and for relationships, and he himself experienced loneliness and isolation. Yes, and I think it's important that we see how Jesus does get us. And in particular, we can see how if he hadn't before, he certainly felt alone and lonely with the events leading up to his death. And I think that most of us have had experiences of loneliness in our lifetime. 
some which may go as far back to the recess time Mm -hmm. in elementary school when there was a playground full of people or kids and you didn't feel like you had anyone to play with. You know, with this being allergy season, my allergies were so bad when we moved to Georgia. My face would swell. My eyes would swell shut. So during recess... And during um, like field days, I had to go stay in the library and I could look out the window and see all the kids play. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> but I love books now. So who's laughing now? Okay. Yeah. Well, then that turned around. <laughs> or it makes me think of middle school on that first day of school when you're worried or concerned that you don't have anyone to sit with. Mm. But then life just continues on to deliver different scenarios that can leave us feeling very alone. You know, I can speak as one who's adopted, and even though I'm deeply loved by my parents, there's this natural um, rejection and loneliness that came with me even as a child, and I think adopted kids can feel this in a very deep way. You know, my parents, who love me dearly, couldn't understand that hurt, those feelings of abandonment. You know, I didn't look like them. I didn't look like my extended family. Really, in every way, I felt like an outsider, desperate for someone to understand me, to look like me, and to like me. And this struggle drove me towards cutting myself, being in unhealthy relationships, striving to be liked by every single person I met. I never once did I stop to think how Jesus would have understood me in deeper ways because he experienced it all while on this earth and then while hanging on the cross. Wow. Well, Amy, I'm just going to have to say we are going to have to go back at another time and dig a little bit deeper into your story there. But I think for me, the times that I felt the most alone in my adult life have been centered around moving. When Tony and I graduated from seminary and we took our first place of ministry positions, even though we were going to a church that was welcoming us, we were very much wanted. It just takes time to build relationships. And did you know that it takes on an average five years to build relationships? That is so long. And I just think about how lonely you feel in the midst of those years. Yes. And so we've moved three times in our married life and I have seen that play out. So feelings of being alone are real. And there are many situations that can make us feel this way. And the irony of it is we can be sitting in the sea of people, like in a gathering, to worship God and still feel alone. You know, I think about the single mom who puts on a brave face and comes to church, even though she feels very alone when she walks in the doors. Mm. Or that young adult who is trying really hard to hold on to their faith, but they're not sure where to go. just want you to know God sees you. You are not alone. So we're going to turn our eyes back to our verses. These are the suffering servant verses. And it's a prophecy that was written over 700 years before Jesus came. And I can say this is clearly a prophecy because I can't even tell you what we'll have for dinner tonight. (laughs) And um, Isaiah knew intimate details about what Jesus would experience while on this earth. I'm going to read a different version now, the New American Standard Version. He was despised and abandoned by men, a man of great pain and familiar with sickness, and like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we had no regard for him. The CEV says, we despised him and said he is nobody. 
Other translations use words like hated, rejected, avoided, and held in low esteem. Yeah. So while it doesn't say that the actual word alone or lonely, many of these descriptors are words that people would say maybe Mm. to describe along with feeling alone or lonely. The two that jump out at me are avoided and abandoned. Um, I just, that sense when you feel like someone is avoiding you or Mm. shafting you um, is just not a good feeling. And then abandoned kind of comes right along with it. Nowadays, they might call it ghosting and that can be a very serious or it could be like right you know just a casual type of like I don't have time for you but either way you just feel like dropped off you Mm -hmm. know it actually kind of reminds me of the podcast series that we did called dead to me Mm -hmm. Um, so but when it comes to Jesus we don't really know a lot about what happened prior to his ministry but we do know that even though he was surrounded by the disciples and all the people who followed him along, it was actually difficult for him to find time to get alone by himself. So here he is traveling all the time with these groups of people, and then he had his closer-knit group of friends through the disciples, but yet he knew that they did not fully get him. Mm. They just didn't understand him yet, and they certainly didn't get what was about to happen with his brutal death in his final days, right before the crucifixion and all that led up to that. You know, even at the cross in his greatest moments of suffering, most of his followers abandoned him. This reminds me of what Jesus said on the cross, which is actually a quote from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? This is the only time that Jesus would have experienced full disconnection from the Father. We just did a podcast last week on the promise that God will never, ever abandon us. This seems ironic that Jesus would quote something that we know that he knew the truth, that God never leaves us or forsakes us. So why would he say this? So my belief and understanding is it's not that God wasn't close. Because he doesn't leave us or forsake us, but that God couldn't look on his son and the sin that he was carrying on our behalf. This was the full punishment of separation from God that sin creates. Mm. But because Jesus took it on himself at the cross, we no longer have to experience any of that. We can be eternally connected to God through the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus knew what would happen to him and that this has been the plan since sin first entered into the garden. We see this reflected in Psalm 22 that he quoted on the cross. And this, again, was written 500 plus years before Jesus was on the earth. But the Spirit knew what would happen, and it gives us a glimpse into it. David's song, like Isaiah's verse, foreshadows the suffering the Messiah would endure on our behalf. So this lament of David had a double meaning for David at the time, but it also was of what was going to come for his future descendant, Jesus, the one true king. Mm. So here are a few of the other verses from Psalm chapter 22 that parallels to the death of Christ. So in verse 7 and 8, it says, I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? 
then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Definitely some feelings of rejection there. And in verse 14, it says, My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. Then in verse 17 and 18, it says, My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Mm. Now, that's incredible. But something that I also believe is incredible about this psalm is it does not just foretell Jesus' suffering. You know, since we're almost to Easter and the resurrection, the prophetic piece at the end of Psalm 22, verses 27 through 31, says, The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All the families of the nations will bow down before him. For royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations. Our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything he has done. And that's us. We are literally the future generations who are able to claim Christ has done it. He is risen. And it's because of this that we can walk in hope today. Yes. Well, I love pulling in Psalm 22 and paralleling it with Isaiah 53. Now, we're going to talk a lot more the rest of this week on Isaiah 53. But on the subject of Jesus getting us when we experience the dark side of alone and feelings of loneliness, the blog covers more on this subject, and we encourage you to go check it out. It is titled, actually, When You Feel Alone. Maybe this is not where you are right now, but if it is, we also encourage you to check out last week's episode, which was episode 18, and dig deeper with the corresponding blog on how God promises he will never, ever, ever leave us. And another good episode that would encourage you to listen to is episode 10 and the corresponding blog that is titled Already. It is important to dwell on the truth that you are already loved. You are valued. You are chosen. And let the truth of already press out those feelings of being alone. I would also say, remember how often the Bible tells us that we are close to God. Here's just one of many verses, Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So remember to check back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for our next installment of our Holy Week Moments. We invite you to spend time every morning with us Tuesday through Friday this week. They will be short and encouraging. Let us help prepare your heart for this Easter celebration. And then we'll have an extra episode on Easter Sunday. After that, we will be tired. And so we will take a couple (laughs) weeks off, um, but we will be back with you on April 24th. Now, listen closely to who Jesus is in his victory from Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the gates of heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need.
The connecting doesn't have to stop here. We would love to have you join us at the God's Word Gives Hope blog to go deeper with the verse we discussed today. If you would like to learn more about life and leadership coaching with Janae, visit JanaeShatleyCamp.com. Finally, we would love a chance to talk with you more. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. All of these links are posted in the About Us on our podcast. 